When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on Barca Talk, football is back in Germany. Lionel Messi has been giving more interviews with the Spanish season remaining on pause. Jordi Cardenaire has made public FC Barcelona's debt. Kike Setien has named his current preferred midfield. And transfer rumors are just about the only thing Barca fans can really get into these days. And now, your host, Cole Ridley. Hello and welcome to Barca Talk, the podcast for FC Barcelona fans. I'm your host in Seattle, Washington today, Cole Ridley, and I will be joined by our correspondent in Miami, Alejandro. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good, man. In this very hot and humid okay. Miami in South Florida, but I'm, I'm good. We yeah. had a lot of rain today, a lot of sun too. How, how's Seattle doing? It's rainy. It, it's exactly what everyone always says it is, right? It's cloudy, <laughs> yeah. But I, I love it. it. It keeps me cool. I'm working all day, slinging kegs around, you know. Fun job, right? A fun job, absolutely. Well, Alejandro, you know what else is fun? Football yeah. is back. Yes, finally, it's, it's back. Last Saturday, the Bundesliga returned. A lot of big matchups. I think that everyone who had been missing football took a part in the Bundesliga. We all have a team we're rooting for now because it's the only <laughs> thing we have, right? I guess. What's your What's your German team? I, I th- it has to be Dortmund. I like the fan really? the fan culture. You know that yellow wall is 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 you know it's incredible. But there was no yellow wall today. There was no yellow wall. Correct. Not a single well, fan today, on Saturday. On Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was it was kind of odd watching the game. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, no fans. That's 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 a first. But we, we've seen it before. But then you saw uh, players in the benches, like uh, two or three or four or five feet away. And then you have peop- uh, benches on uh, players also in the stands waiting for their chance to play. That was weird in the in the Leipzig game too. They used some like airport stairs to <laughs> take people uh, players over there. That was weird. And huh. then Haaland scored the first goal, and they couldn't even celebrate it. Mm-hmm. That was odd too. Like, and then, but at the same time, you had the, them avoiding to touch each other when they they score a goal. And then you see what happens in the in the corner kicks, and what happens when whatever there's a free kick, and you have to be on the wall. I mean, I don't know. It's it's so weird. I guess we we have to get used to it, but it's it's gonna take some time, I guess. Yeah, it, if this is going to be the new normal, we're going to have to get used to it, right? And like you said, this this match was a derby. It was the Riviere Derby. Hopefully I pronounced yeah. that right. Um, and yeah, <laughs> celebrations were very bleak. Uh, players didn't get too close to each other. I guess the new high fives and hugging is going to be those elbow taps, which yeah. is we're, we're going to have to get used to that. I think we'll all be doing that ourselves anyway. Um, but yeah, it, it reminded me a lot of our match against Las Palmas in 2017, right? We could hear every kick of the ball. We heard <laughs> what everyone was saying. Um, and it was interesting that weekend because we didn't really see it coming, right? I think the match was postponed by one day. It was supposed to be on a Saturday mm-hmm. and it moved to a Sunday. But now this is what we, we know it's coming. We know it's going to be quiet and celebrations will be odd. You know, the emotion was 
removed from that match because the fans were behind him. There wasn't, there wasn't, there was an element missing, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And, and going off that, Cesc Fabregas said the same thing. Like, it, it was like watching a training session. It was like watching some just regular game in just a random park anywhere. Yeah. Right? And then you saw the, the Dortmund players at the end of the game, like, saying hi to the empty stands. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it was, I mean, we're happy because football is back, soccer is yeah. back. But at the same time, it was kind of sad, like watching yeah, just the, it, it, the, the guys playing there. I mean, it's it's a little bit nostalgic at the same time. Yeah, it's become a beggars can't be choosers, right? We we want football yeah. so bad, but you know we can't diss on it if this is how it's going to be. We we have to accept it and make the most of it. Um, yeah. I'll tell you who tried to make the most of it: uh, John Claire Todivo. <laughs> Uh, he played the first half. He's our loney yeah. center half uh, slash defensive midfielder. Um, he was substituted off early in the second half for an injury, which is unfortunate. Hopefully that won't keep him out for too long. And he uh, he ran with his legs. He also ran with his mouth, Alejandro. Yeah, I mean, uh, first, he, he, I mean, he was injured and it's a muscular problem. And we knew this, this was going to happen, right? A lot of players are going to have issues with their muscles. I mean, they're, they've been, what, two months without playing soccer. It's it's not going to be e easy for all of them. And then since since the uh, stands are empty, we, we get to hear everything they say, right? And the mics are there. And he, he was, I don't know, doing whatever in the box with Haaland. And they were, you know what happens in the box. They, mm -hmm. they they hug you, they grab you, and it's a little fight there. And then I guess Haaland punched him in like in the ribs, in the rib cage. And then Todibo said something about Haaland's grandma saying <laughs> hi to her. We'll leave it at and that. And <laughs> everybody heard it, and now it's, it's a thing on the internet. I mean, so there's, yeah. our, there's our Barcelona representative right there. Yeah. Saying bad things. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like you and I talked about, he can't. Get, there's no way to get out of that. You know, it's crystal no, no, clear. No, no. It, it's you have to now face it with adversity and, and accept your mistake. And yeah, that, that's. It, I mean, it is what it, is. it, it happens all the time. Yeah. And it, it, it just we never get to actually hear it. Mm -hmm. I mean, they always say whatever they want there, and that's like their own space, and it's like their private bubble. Yeah. But now it's, it's not anymore because. There's literally nobody else there. So exactly, so yeah. If, it's part of it's part of this new normal, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they have to now think about it and not just yell whatever they, they, it crosses their mind. Now it's it's important that Todibo's healthy because I want mm -hmm. him back. I don't know what's your opinion about him. I know Gabriel. I mean, is, he doesn't love him very much. Mm -hmm. But what do you think about Todibo? Oh, it's you and me versus Gabriel on this one. I think that I guess, it, yeah. it'd be very good because he's also a dynamic player like i said he can play in that defensive midfield role which is uh something that barcelona def desperately need right our midfield needs some stability and some consistent but it's tough because we have a lot of players on loan we'll talk about that later about who yeah. should we prioritize in our squad next season and who could be used as a valuable asset and i don't think that toribo is is that quite yet I think that he still has an opportunity. I think he still deserves a chance, right? He he's only been well. He was at Barcelona for less than a year. He came in in January, and then he was out, you know, right out the door. So mm -hmm. he he definitely deserves an opportunity to make his way into that team, and you know, hopefully he'll bounce back from an injury and, and be right back to it. Yeah, especially after you see how how many times Titi has been injured this last year, you you have to be really aware of what's mm -hmm. going on there 
And I think, I mean, if you look back right now, they only have Ronald Araujo as a sub in, in the defense. And that's that's not a that's not a very good place to be right now, right? So no, if it's something not. gets <laughs> to happen to PK or Lingley, mm-hmm. we are just screwed. So yeah. I mean that's that's why I think if if you can bring one or two central defenders for next season, mm-hmm. I mean I, I'm I'm all for it because I think Barcelona's missing players there and that's uh, I'm I mean I'm, I've been dealing with these Barcelona fans that are uh, struggling because they won Neymar and they won Lautaro Martinez and I know yeah. I know guys I know we won goals <laughs> I know that but we need defense too yeah. I mean we have five or six forwards and we still need some more defense and yeah. I mean we, we 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 still don't have like a, a sub for Jordi Alba either because mm-hmm. um Firpo hasn't been really that much of a pleasant experience to watch him playing soccer, right? So, I, yeah. mean, I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely right. And, it, you know, it's, it's interesting because if you talk about it amongst other fans in the world, the different clubs, you know, we have center backs of Gerard Piquet, Clement Langley, and um, Samuel Mtiti, world-class yeah. players. Maybe Langley's just off that bubble, but he, he's approaching mm-hmm. that. And you ask a lot of Barca fans and the thing they'd say most is we need a center half. It's injuries and inconsistency that continues to drive a lot of doubt. And, you know, Jordi Alba, he's he's weak on that side. And I think that whether Sergio Roberto or Semedo are starting, that that right side is, is weak as well. It, we're going to have an interesting summer, I hope. I, I truly do hope. I want to see lots of ins and I want to see lots of outs. As long as there's not a yeah. lot of money. Um, because Evolved, we, right. we obviously You're, don't have that. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a problem. Do you remember the first games when Setien tried to do like a three-five-two kind of thing, mm-hmm. putting Jordi Alba like, and, and I think it was Ansu Fati as a right wing, and then yeah. Jordi Alba on the left wing side. So maybe, maybe in the future, Setien's thinking about this and maybe bringing Todibo back and having Piquet, Lenglet, and Todibo there mm-hmm. could be a, a solution if, because. I mean, I don't know. I see, I see this team, and I still don't understand what Setien was trying to do because yeah. then he came back to the four four two or some kind of weird four three three with sometimes with Vidal playing mm-hmm. a little bit close to the the forward. So I don't know. I mean, I we still we're still trying to figure out what Setien wants from this team. Yeah, and I guess I guess it depends on whatever they sell or whatever they buy. But that could be a solution. Having three defenders, right, mm-hmm. and and five guys in the middle. Jordi Alba for getting a little bit about defending and just trying to be a, a, a wing, which ha- it happens most of the time, especially against um, weak teams. But once you face a, a Real Madrid, a, a Chelsea, a Bayern Munich, you you have to rethink about that strategy, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, this was Setien's uh, former formation. It was a three-five-two at uh, Real Betis and. It's something that we really expected, and I think a lot of people were on the fence of this is going to be different from what Barca DNA is and, and yada yada. Yeah, I think that he should just attack that style again and try and do what he's best at. And if it doesn't work, you know, we we saw him try and implement it, but it was very hesitant. Uh, Sergio Roberto was our yes. right-sided center half. Mm-hmm. And then would also move forward, even though Semedo or, or forgive me, I don't remember who was in front of him. But it was strange. It was it was like we can see what you want to do, but you're you're being very uh, very cautious about it. And I'd almost rather he you know he has nothing to lose 
go in yeah. there and trying to implement that, right? It, it happens. It, it was hard for him too because he came right in the middle of the season, right? Yeah. He didn't have a preseason to like a month, an entire month to work and work. Mm-hmm. And this system, which is a little, a lot different from uh, what Barcelona players have been doing this past years, right? Yeah. So I guess with this, we, we can see what happens now that because they're going to have two or three weeks, what are they going to practice? Are they going to go with... Probably not because we don't have enough defenders uh, unless you put Sergio Roberto back there, like you said. But, I mean, it's, it's still hard, especially after all the rumors. And if you let Rakitic go, if you let Vidal go, if you let Arthur go, then that could change things a little bit. That's interesting. You know, we, we uh, all we have right now is interviews, right? We, we don't have mm-hmm. a lot of soccer besides uh, the Bundesliga being back. And... Lionel Messi had another interview and uh, he had a lot to say about our performances and what our uh, goals are for, were at the beginning of the season. And he didn't really sound too positive, right? Well, uh, this is like the polemica, right? The word that Gabriel loves, mm-hmm. the polemica, the, all the this thing going on. And it was, they tried to do like kind of like Messi's going after Setien and whatever. But what he was really trying to say is that he knew that Looking at the way Barcelona was playing when they stopped, they, he knew that Barca didn't have a chance to to actually win this Champions League. I mean, if if you ask me, Barca wasn't even or, or was maybe in the top five uh, of teams that were playing in the in the Champions League. If you ask me, by that time, Atalanta was playing better than <laughs> than Barcelona, and they were scoring a lot of goals, and they were like the, this exciting team that we want Barcelona to be, mm-hmm. and then. Setien, obviously, he couldn't say something different. He said, no, I think we can win it. But then Messi came back and he said, no, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not doubting about my teammates. and I'm, I'm not doubting that we have a, a really good squad. It's just the way that we were playing is not at the level that we need to mm-hmm. achieve Champions Leagues. And, he, I mean, he, he's won, what, three on the pitch and the fourth one he was on the bench. Mm-hmm. So he knows about this, right? And he's he's been kicked out of the Champions League how many times? He knows about bad teams or, or actually very good teams that just don't have the little the little luck that you need in the Champions League, right? Mm-hmm. Because if if you remember the, the best version of Barcelona, it was probably what Guardiola's and then but you needed Iniesta. You needed the, mm-hmm. the that golazo at Stamford Bridge because if that doesn't happen if that doesn't happen, it's just it's just another Barca season that goes there and they lose again in the semifinals. So I mean, that's I think that's what it is. I, I don't think Messi's going after the, uh, the head coach. I just think he just he's just more outspoken now. Now he he really says whatever he thinks. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look back into Messi's uh, behavior, maybe in the in the past he was more like cautious with whatever he said. He was more like, okay, I'm not gonna say anything. Sometimes at all, he didn't say anything at all. So now it's it's really, I mean, I like this version because I think it's more authentic. Mm-hmm. He he just says whatever he feels like, and he's a he's a captain, so he should do that. And I think that's that's it. I don't think he's he's going after Setien or anything like that. No, I I would agree. I absolutely don't think he's doing that, and he is a lot more direct now. He we all know the problems that Messi has with our current board in the last couple of months, how many things has he discussed that were off pitch topics, right? Or not yeah. even performance related. So it is interesting. And, and like you said, he was dealing with when he did leave the champions league, uh, back when Xavi, Iniesta, uh, Danny Alves was, was in that team. 
those were losses that came to great sides, right? They really they had to be phenomenal or be a very special team to knock out that Barcelona. And it takes a lot of mental strength that mm-hmm. we just haven't had in recent years. And Messi would know about that. He can look around the locker room and go, you know, doesn't matter. Obviously, if we're three 0 up, <laughs> uh, we we don't have the mental strength. We're not there mentally, emotionally to to perform at that level consistently and, and progress through the, the biggest competition in the world. It's the most prestigious for a reason, right? It takes all elements of a player's ability to to lift that cup. Yeah, and they also have, I mean, they obviously they have the, this pressure that Real Madrid left on them, right? Mm-hmm. Because they won three in a row and they did what looked like it was impossible to do for whatever team, not even... Barca's best years, they, they couldn't do it. They, I mean, I remember that Chelsea thing, that Inter semifinals. You remember those moments? I mean, and, and mm-hmm. it is still, especially after what happens, what happened with the team in Roma, in Rome, and in in Liverpool. You're like, oh man, they they still have a lot of weight on their shoulders, and I think it's it's hard for this group uh, not to recall those moments. Mm-hmm. But I guess. I, and I'm not very, and I wasn't very optimistic about it in, at this point with this season in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Like Messi also said in this interview that maybe this long pause helped, helps the team a little bit because mm-hmm. maybe they, they're recharged, they can come back. It's maybe a, a, a little short season and maybe they perform better. Because you, you could tell that the team was tired. It was mm-hmm. hard for them to play at the same level for the 90 minutes. They they would go down so many times, like around the... And we saw in the Supercopa, in the Super Cup, right? Mm-hmm. In the Spanish Super Cup. They were winning that game, and they, they should have scored four or five goals against Absolutely. that day. Yeah. They played probably the best version of the Valverde era that day for the first 65 or 70 minutes, and then they just couldn't hold it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think this pause can can help them a little bit to breathe again, even though they haven't been really training, so they got, they have to get in, back in shape, mm-hmm. and and that's gonna be hard. And you never know who which team is gonna come out come out of the gate better, right? Yeah. But I mean, I agree with Messi. We we have to see it as a new season. I mean, the Liga is it's it's is almost tied. It's it's just one point, so whatever. Mm. Anything can happen there, and you have a, a chance in the Champions League. Too bad that the team couldn't perform in the Copa del Rey because I think that that was a tournament to to really go and, and get. But I mean, I don't know. I'm just excited to see the team again, mm-hmm. and I agree with Messi. We we we're not there yet, but yeah. I think we can. We have the talent to to go for it for sure. Yeah, yeah. One last thing before we move on, it definitely helps our injury list. You know, it, and like you said, the team was tired. That players were. It just seemed like they couldn't handle this season, and it was interesting. A lot of them were veterans. Um, this is definitely an, a higher or an older team or older squad than what we're used to. So having Suarez back will be will be big. Mm, yeah. Hopefully, we're not going to play Suarez and Griezmann up top. You and I can argue about that later. But um, <laughs> Why? no, 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 no. Why later? Let's do it right now. Uh, Suarez, Why do you mean not play them both up there? Who, I, who else are you going to play? Well, I don't want Suarez and Griezmann at the same time. Uh, to to be so you clear. want one or the other? I do want one or the other. I like having natural wingers on our side, and Griezmann is not a left winger. No matter how hard Valverde yeah. tried, it, he but, he did. So the, you're saying better? Yeah, you're saying that you want either Vidal there or Ansu Fati there instead of 
Griezmann. I, I would want Ansu Fati <laughs> and I would want a healthy uh, Dembele, but I can't have well, everything yeah. I want, no, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I, I like the natural wide uh, playing wingers. I think it's definitely more of a Barca DNA, but you know, it, at the end of the day, it's not my decision. It's the coaches. So if we do go to the 3-5-2, um, Messi drops back into the center of the pitch as he normally would behind Suarez mm-hmm. and Griezmann and Griezmann's used to playing with two up top Suarez played with two up top in every other team he's played for besides Barcelona so that might be the key to unlocking um, the what is that MSG as as we would call them when they were on the pitch yeah, together yeah yeah, like Madison Square Garden, MSG. Yeah, yes. there you go. Exactly. This mm-hmm. Hopefully that version is a lot better than, than just the New York arena. Alejandro, compared to MSN, how would you say the first six months of MSG went in your eyes? No, I think that there's nothing like the MSN, right? Like they, they, they yeah. just clicked for from the first time. You could see just how how good they play with each other, how good they knew each other, and, and it's just they complemented each other, right? But, like, mm-hmm. when you see Griezmann, it's, you're like, okay, these guys play together, but they're not a team, right? You get that feeling. And, yeah. And, it's, and mm-hmm. it's been hard. I mean, it's, it's gotten better. Like, now you see more of a Messi-Griezmann relationship, obviously, because of the, the injury that Suarez had. But that connection that Messi and Suarez have it's just it was weird to just include Griezmann there right and that's mm-hmm. and maybe that's why some people want Neymar back because they, they're like okay you know what Griezmann doesn't work with this guy so bring just bring Neymar back bring Lautaro back mm-hmm. and bring everybody back so we can have like six <laughs> forwards playing at the same time right and then yeah, yeah but then you you come back down to earth and then you're like okay Barcelona has money problems so that's probably not gonna happen mm-hmm. if you want those type of players you're probably gonna have to get them via trade right like they do in the NBA in yeah. the MLB and other sports I trade you these two or three players for your star okay I get it fine and I mean and that's why maybe Arthur it's been in in so many rumors that's why maybe I don't know Semedo has been in so many rumors Avidal Rakitic those players are are not Mm -hmm. really the core of the team besides Arthur I think Arthur is the core of the team for the future Mm -hmm. but the rest of them are, are, are pieces that you can just take him that's fine yeah but i mean the other team is not dumb they're not gonna give they're not gonna give you lautaro martinez just if you give them rakitic and semedo and yeah. whoever else they, they have there no that's not gonna happen no it won't happen and i hope that you're right that artur is part of this core you know there's rumors that we every day always take it with a grain of salt but <laughs> it seems like he's the hot uh he's the hot pocket that's gonna be tossed around in whatever deal we try and strike for neymar lautaro um and speaking of debt uh i did a little thing with gabrielle a couple episodes ago yes. and we calculated the total transfer that business. was sad man um, that was sad you that was you, sad you, yeah you, you hit it in your heart and you're like oh man barca owes yeah. so much money and they they spent it just in a crazy way right yeah and according to a recent interview from a head uh, vp my math was pretty spot on um, this is coming from the first vice president, just underneath uh, our president, Bartomeu, Jordi Cardenere. He did an interview with ESPN, and he noted that Barca's debt is 460 million euros. And my favorite part about his statement that he made there, he called it a manageable <laughs> 460 million euros. So they know something we don't. Yeah. Um, to put that into context for our, our listeners, only Tottenham Hotspur and Manchester United have a higher debt in Europe's top five leagues. So 
this is the bottom of the barrel. This is yeah. It doesn't get worse than that, right? Business. And you have to you have Mm-mm. to point out that Tottenham just built a new stadium, right? So mm-hmm. I guess most of their depth probably comes from there. Manchester United just bought Pogba back for a lot of money that wasn't <laughs> worth it, in yeah. my opinion. And I don't know. I guess mm-hmm. they're gonna have to sell Messi, right, to to get four hundred and sixty million back. And I don't know, man. It, it's it's just a, some more proof that how bad this uh, board has been with the financial side of things, right? They sold Neymar for two hundred and twenty-two millions, and then they spent mm-hmm. one forty on Dembélé or or one forty in Coutinho, whatever. That's yeah. just too yeah. much money. I mean, I like both of them. I like Dembélé. I like Coutinho, but it's just they were not worth that money. They rushed up back then, and now they're paying for it. And now that same that mm-hmm. same concept is, got, is what's going to cost you to bring new players, right? Because now, uh, how how are you going to pay Lautaro now? Like, I mean, and if Neymar comes back, he's going to have to accept uh, a reduction of his salary because he's probably not going to be able to to win or to earn the same type of money. So that's, I mean, uh, unless they're counting on the sponsorship of the stadium name, naming rights, I guess, that would be a, a good uh, amount of money coming in there. But that's not going to happen until next season, if that, because we don't know, we, we still don't know the details of, of that deal. So, I mean, that's that's the only thing I, I can see manageable about that debt. Because if not, the only players that you can sell that are worth that much are Coutinho, who who I guess Bayern Munich doesn't want him back, so he's going to come back to Barcelona. And then you don't really have a lot of players besides Messi. I mean, unless you want to sell Griezmann, which is not going to happen. And Suarez, is I mean, is, he's worth a lot to Barcelona, but he's not worth a lot in the market. So it's, it's a different concept. So I don't know how manageable really is going to... Is, is that depth going to be for the team? I, I think they're just not in a good point right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing that we had to look forward to on the horizon before all this happened was the new um, Espai Barca project, which obviously cannot possibly be happening with the money loss that we're going to see from due to the coronavirus and how transfers are going to work in the future and everything. So, like you said, this this new stadium rights thing is looking like it's more and more that it will not just be a one-time donation to a foundation or whoever would mm-hmm. like to purchase the rights for relief. It, this will be the new normal. This is the UNICEF uh, sponsors all over again, mm-hmm. right under our nose. We we were more skeptical at this time. But I, there's no way we don't approach that now that the coronavirus is going to take such a large financial hit onto the club and the market especially. Yeah, and that's going to make even harder to sell our players because people are not going to be willing to pay whatever we're asking for. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were not doing it anyway in the past couple of years. We sold players so cheap. I mean, how much did we get for Carles Perez? How much did we get for any other young guys that have left Barcelona? It's not, it's mm-hmm. not really a lot of money. And mm-hmm. then now teams actually have a really good excuse to say, you know what, man, right now I don't have the money. I'm going through a rough patch and I'm not going to just spend, I don't know, 30 or $40 million or, mm-hmm. or euro in a player, right? And then 
I mean, we read, I, I guess we re you read it too, the, the rumors that Manchester City was right after Semedo and, and mm -hmm. offering $40 million. I'm like, what? Are you serious? If they offer that kind of money, you just, take okay, it. here you go. Yeah. Silver platter for you. Yes, absolutely. Take your, take your Semedo. That's, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's a no-brainer, right? Yeah. It's not like he's Danny Alves or anything like that. No, he, he hasn't proved himself in the slightest. I, I think that he's still, you know, he's still young and he's got potential, yeah. but... He, he just, he's fast. He's fast. That's about all I'll say. And he's, he's gotten better. Actually, I'll ask you this, Alejandro, because this is a question that I wish I had asked you guys more. Which player improved the most under Ernesto Valverde? I think this is an important question when you look at a coach and, and what they had done at a previous club. You know, you want to see the progression of players. You want to see improvements. You want to see changes to playing styles or whatnot. But which player improved the most? at FC Barcelona during Valverde's reign, in your opinion? Yes, I think you'll have to go with, I mean, it, it's hard because obviously Messi can get any better, mm -hmm. uh, Suarez can get any better than he was with Luis Enrique, um, Jordi Alba can, I mean, I, I think his level actually has gotten a little bit down. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, I guess you have to go with Sergio Roberto because he, he adjusted to the position, mm -hmm. even though he's not he's not a... A right back at all, but he, I mean, he's he's done his best effort to to fit in the team there. I mean, I guess if not, you you'll have to go with Lenglet maybe that, that mm. took Umtiti out of the position there and won that um, starter spot in the defense. I mean, that would be my my two options besides obviously Ter Stegen, but that that doesn't yeah. have to, anything to do with with Valverde. <laughs> not I, I doubt at all. he was there just. <laughs> kicking balls to to get uh, Ter Stegen some action. So I guess I will go with those two, especially, I mean, Lenglet took his took his shot. I mean, mm -hmm. he he saw that Umtiti was getting injured a lot. He wasn't at the same level, and, and he took that position. The same with Sergio Roberto. I mean, we didn't have a, a right back, and, mm -hmm. and he was able to somehow manage to play that position, even though I, I always saw him as a good midfielder, and I yeah. liked him in the midfield. Yeah, <laughs> I guess he's done enough, but... If you ask me, if if Barca can bring a good right back, I would bring him too and just mm -hmm. bring Sergio Roberto back to the midfield. Yeah. Because I think he, he can be helpful there. Absolutely. Well, ever since we lost Danny Alves in 2016, we're, we've been trying to replace him. and We never will, but we'll never find anything even remotely good enough. But I would actually say that Semedo was most improved because of his ability on mm -hmm. the ball. Man, when he was running down the right flank when he first arrived – that ball would be 15, 20 yards in front of him each touch, <laughs> right? It was something that you teach kids when they're starting to learn to run with the ball up the field. But I think he improved a lot in the ball. And I think it just goes to show you that, you know, Valverde didn't really do a lot of improving, right? There, if there's a lot of debate and they're in ways that it's not clearly evident, it, it shows that that coach didn't really have a great lasting effect. You know, maybe... Langley becomes this world-class best center half, and, and we can attribute a lot of it to Valverde. But until then, I, you know, I think yeah, it, we don't know. Yeah, well, we don't have to. It's hard. It's hard because he picked a team that was coming from winning the Champions League, right? And mm -hmm. that was uh, the very best version yeah. that that he could get. And it's it's hard to really get a lot better with that team, right? Mm -hmm. Still. I mean, it, it changed a little bit. He came back more to a four-four-two sometimes, and it, it changed. It changed a little bit of, of the game. And and I know watching match day, the documentary, and all that stuff. I mean, they liked him for some reason. I guess mm -hmm. 
he, he was a good coach in that regard. But something happened that he couldn't just take Barcelona to a different level. And I think that's what you ask for his coach, especially in these type of teams. It, it just can be okay. You have to play great soccer at a great level all the time and that's something very 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 difficult to, to do right and then he also had to deal with old Messi old Suarez old Rakitic old mm -hmm. Jordi Alba getting injured all the time old Busquets a little slower than usual so it, it that's not his fault it's just the mm -hmm. team that he had so yeah I guess it's it's hard to really evaluate Valverde And and I like what he did, but whatever happened in the Champions League, I think that's going to be the mark that lives uh, mm -hmm. right with him because he won two to La Liga's right, and yeah. probably not a lot of people actually remembers that. And I mean, we were on the he actually had a, a a very decent run uh, playing against Real Madrid. We beat him mm -hmm. a lot of times. We kicked him out of the Copa del Rey too. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had a lot of good things. It's just those key moments that were just terrible yeah and that's just when it, what's going to stick with with fans i'm not sure the clouds will ever part over over his reign because yeah he had a domestic double and he was on the verge of reaching a champions league semi or excuse me a champions league final and who knows what have would have happened against tottenham that day but um that's part of it we'll never know and and all we can do is sit back and and talk about these things sometimes um Uh, Alejandro, before we go into you and I's uh, shopping cart for the summer, we have to talk about <laughs> Kike Setien's preferred squad right now because that'll kind of sway us in certain ways. So he did an interview with Mundo Deportivo uh, a couple weeks ago, and he talked about his preferred midfield. And his preferred midfield left out a key player that a lot of Barca fans are excited about. Um, if you put Kike Setien in the Champions League final tomorrow, his lineup in the midfield would be uh, Sergio Busquets, Frankie de Jong, and Ivan Rakitic. What are your thoughts about that? I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, I mean, would agree. I yeah. like. I, I. I mean, I like these players, right? But mm -hmm. I think that's not the best midfield that you could play, right? Mm -hmm. It's. I guess it has to be with Arthur getting injured so much and not keeping the same level during the 90 minutes so you mm -hmm. want to have a guy that can actually play for the entire final if you are at that level right and I guess Rakitic was uh, one of those that could really play for the entire game but that would mm -hmm. be a really slow midfield if you very slow the young Busquets and Rakitic I mm -hmm. mean there's not a lot of action going on there right mm -hmm. it's I mean it's hard I for me Rakitic should have been playing for Busquets, but I guess we don't really have a Busquets type of player in the in the lineup nowadays. So that's why he he, he still keeps to, uh, playing all the time because we we don't really have we haven't found uh, a player that really suits what Busquets concept is all about, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why he's 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 there and he's always going to be there until he he wants to leave. It's it's I, I always compare it with. What Xavi and Iniesta had to deal with that was mm. going back to the bench. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the moment for Busquets to start living that part of his career. Like in the mm. last couple of years being a sub and playing maybe some games in La Liga and Copa del Rey and some in one or two games in the in the group stage in Champions League, but not really mm -hmm. being that, that starter all the time because I don't think he he can handle it anymore. Yeah. But I mean I guess That's why probably Arthur's it's it's been so much in the rumors lately, right? Yeah. Because if if you ask the head coach and you don't put one of the youngest 
and most talented midfielders mm -hmm. in the starting lineup, you have to wonder, well, maybe they're thinking about selling this guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. That, that would be the only thing. I don't know what you think. No, I, that's exactly what I was going to say, pretty much word for word, is that interview came out, and then we saw Arthur being linked with every club uh, <laughs> as a swap yes. deal with a different player that we wanted or just leaving the club outright. And I think it partly... Who knows who's doing these talkings, where these rumors are coming from. But part of that absolutely has to go back to Kike Setien's comments. If he prefers um, Frankie, Buzi, and Rakitic, the board is going to look at Arturo as an as a asset that it would be very profitable. If he does end up leaving the club, first, we're absolutely going to get a good financial deal post-COVID out of it. I don't know that we'll yeah. get all the money we spent back for him, but you know, in terms of how the market's going to look, after this is all over with, he's going to be at the top of that market value, right? He's he's young. He's so promising. And I think that every club looking at Barcelona to looking to sell that player would be like, you're kidding, right? I won't ask you again. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and I, I think we're going to eventually maybe have to deal with that possibility. So I'll, I'll ask you this. I'll let you get into it now. We're, you and I will go back and forth about a lot of the players that we have on loan um, yeah. And kind of which we would prefer. So I'll let you kick it off. We're going to talk about kind of our the big name and the most questionable one probably as well. Uh, Philippe Coutinho, who's in uh, the Bundesliga at Bayern Munich right now. What do you, what do you want to happen uh, this summer with the Brazilian? Well, here's the thing. And talking about selling players, I think Barcelona can have a great team without buying anybody right now. And part of that is bringing, I mean, not bringing because he has to come back unless Bayern Munich uh, wants to buy him. That would be bringing back Coutinho. Mm -hmm. And why? Because maybe, I mean, it's a different coach. It's a, actually a different team. So I think we can try to get the most out of him because we're not going to get the 100 and whatever millions that we paid for him anyway. So I will bring him back. I will bring Aleña back for sure. Especially if they if they get rid of Rakitic or Vidal, I think you you need young guys. And and here's the thing, you need you also need depth in the bench. That's the other thing. You, if you remember the last games for Barca, they had to bring like two or three guys from the B team because they just didn't have enough guys. Mm -hmm. And that's something that cannot happen to Barcelona. And especially now that you can bring 23 players to each game, you're gonna need everybody there and mm -hmm. and that's why i i don't like i wouldn't like if they if they sell these players i understand that there's a monetary side and there's a the financial side that it's also important but those two for sure i mean and and todibo in, in defense i think those these those three guys you have to bring mm -hmm. them back yeah absolutely and and the thing i love most about the possibility of cuccino returning is how excited kike setien is you know the manager is already excited about that player returning to his squad and, and he's he wants to implement him differently that's there's nothing better that can happen from a player who didn't perform well his first go around yeah. right that that's very exciting and you want to give the player a second chance because he absolutely deserves it and i think you're spot on with carlos alenia too that barcelona the way barcelona plays football is a very grueling uh, type of playing style right it, it's not mm -hmm. very relaxed and easy and having the depth there is important but it's also important to have the players who have been used to it and Carlos Alenia came up th through La Masia he's been here or he was here uh, his entire career up until he, he left on loan and that would be a key player off the bench for maybe another year maybe two before he can he make that jump to solidify it but 
with squads, match day squads being 23 players, that's that, that's everyone right now on our first team, everyone who's injured too, and then maybe a couple <laughs> B-team B players. It, it, we're very thin, and that doesn't work with how Barcelona plays, play their football. It, it's not... It's not an option. And we've had thin squads for two or three years now, ever since Valverde really arrived. And we've had these moments where we call up players that we've never heard of before. And <laughs> and we've kind of been fortunate this, this season. Ansu Fati, I think, is, will forever be that standout under his reign. But, you know, Ronald Larajo came up and he was sent off his first. And it was controversial, but, yeah, he, he, you know, that's not exactly the most exciting and promising thing. Um, Toribo didn't get a lot of playing time when he was in Barcelona. There must be a reason for this, right? Maybe deep down he wasn't understanding the philosophy, he wasn't performing, you know, he didn't gain the trust of the coach or to even make yeah, an appearance. And, and Piquet was having a great season too. Yep, so. ap- that too, yeah. So, you know, I think we absolutely have to look at within. Barcelona has always looked within uh, up until recently and it's something we we need to get back into track on because the last positive transfer that came in and, and did really well besides Langley, I mean, I don't know how far back we can go, but no one has really done, no one has really proved it yet, right? No one has made a spot for themselves. Since. Yeah, not even not even the young, not even Frankie the young. Has, no, it's has too early. His level. Yeah, it's too yeah. early for him. Um, maybe you have to go back to Suarez. You have to go that back. I, I mean, it depends on, you know, the level of of performance you can talk about. You can talk about MTT kind of moving Mastrano out um, yeah. in that role, and but even then, you know, it's it's not cut and dry. He isn't the out and out uh, starting left side center half now, so it, it could go all the way back to that fourteen fifteen season, and that is just atrocious business. But it's it's also a testimony to where we're looking. We're looking for players that don't have the system, they don't know this philosophy, and. That or they just sell shirts, and and our board is very attractive to money right now. <laughs> well, and that that's a good point because mm-hmm. uh, they only have one year left, right? Yep. And you know what presidents do in their last year? No, they're they, always trying to bring yeah. a big guy, a big star, to trying to get another chance and another mm-hmm. shot, right? So that's what really worries me. They're gonna try to do whatever to try to do some kind of a splash, mm-hmm. and who knows what's gonna happen? So there you go. I'm gonna. I'll put you on the spot. Pick one. You got Neymar and Lautaro. You have to pick one because we know that one's gonna be coming. Hopefully not yeah. both. No, I I'll, I'll bring Lautaro because I think he's he's the best option for for the future, mm-hmm. and especially the the one in the one position that they, that we need the most because Suarez not gonna. I mean, he's probably has what two or three years left at a good level, but then mm-hmm. you can start like. Putting a, a new young guy there, Braithwaite. Well, you know, we know it's going to be a sub, so he's, mm-hmm. he's going to be here in Barca. But I mean, maybe at the end of the contract, he's playing somewhere else, and we all be fine. So I yeah. think I will bring Lautaro for sure, and especially Neymar. I think he he just wasted an, an opportunity to become the next, not the net, not the next Messi because that's not going to happen. But maybe the guy that was going to be the star of the team at some point. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. He's he's coming from a lot of injuries too. He's not at the same level that we watched at Barcelona. Mm-mm. And I wouldn't want a guy that actually didn't respect the team back in my team, right? But. I understand that Messi really loves him. That he, him and Suarez and Messi, they do 
just awesome things on the pitch. But mm -hmm. then you'll have to figure out a way to play four guys at the same time because I don't know if they're going to bench Griezmann. But that's that's a problem for Setien. I, I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to enjoy problem. something else. Yeah, <laughs> he, can, he can deal with that problem. <laughs> no, I would, I would 100% agree with you. I've talked about it before with Gabriel. I don't want a cancer back into our side. I don't, I don't want a cancer on the pitch nor off. Even though he's a fantastic player, I don't think it's worth our time or, or our money to bring Neymar back into the side. Other than that, Alejandro, what else is uh, what else is there to talk about, really? Yeah, I mean, I I will put Ansu Fati there as a as a good talking point because mm -hmm. maybe not to be a starter, and maybe that that means uh, putting him back in the B team and or loaning him somewhere else so he can get all the minutes. But I think that's mm -hmm. a that's a type of player that Barca has to be looking for, right? Young guys that are really exciting, that are really understand the, the system and the way they play. And that's just an example. We can say the same about Ricky Pooch mm -hmm. because that, those are guys that have shown that maybe they deserve some kind of a shot at the first team. And that's what I want to see. I want to see young guys just getting the opportunity instead mm -hmm. of getting sold like Cucurella did to Getafe or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and he's playing for a team that now is gonna, probably going to go to Champions League. And yeah. part of that is because, is because of what he has done there. Absolutely. So I want to see those young guys coming from, from the Barca system and getting at least the opportunity. I mean, we are not always going to get a Messi and a Xavi and a Busquets in, mm -hmm. or a Piquet or a Pujol in, in these generations. But if we don't even try it, We, we can't really tell if they're good enough to be in Barca. And that's that's mm -hmm. what really worries me. And then I get mad because they pay like <laughs> 50, 60, 70, 80 millions for a, a player that we just sold somewhere else for you work, a lot less. You work <laughs> yourself into some anger, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You made it. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's what I'm here for, right? That good piece of banter. Well, Kules, I want to say thank you guys for listening. We will be back Uh, on Friday with some more news and we got an another exciting project coming up as well so I will say cheers see you later guys Sports Social Podcast Network